This is the Get Up Eight Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgson. I remember signing the paperwork in June of 2007 that said that my marriage was done. I didn't like what I was facing as a future only because I really didn't understand what was next. I didn't have that vision in my mind. And I knew that I had to find a way back to myself because at that point, you know, being a single parent now of two small girls and a stepson who was 16 going on 17, that my future was not laid out for me. Hey everybody, this is Eric Hodgson. Welcome back to the Get Up 8 podcast where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come out of some life and we find unique ways for you to build resilience. Not just survive those struggles, but thrive because of them. About a year ago, I had the great opportunity to meet uh, our guest today. Her name is Tanya Adlita and Tanya and I were connected through a mutual speaking uh, entrepreneur uh, Pete Vargas, and we met at an event and we started to talk uh, after this event about an upcoming uh, summit that that Tanya was uh, going to be hosting. And uh, I, when I was asked to be a speaker on this summit, I was, I couldn't wait. I was just so excited because I knew that when I got my divorce, I felt lost. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know what resources were out there. And Listening to 40 plus speakers that Tanya pulled together, and by the way, that's no small feat, but uh, pulling together 40 plus speakers to talk about subjects all the ranging from relationships to uh, sex to, um, you know, drugs and alcohol to parenting, all of it had to do with single parenting and, and helping to raise your kids. And I did this from my talk was about, uh, you know, resilience uh, after losing Zoe. And as a single parent, what that was like. So with me today is uh, Tanya Lita. She's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, she's the host of the Single Parent Summit. And uh, she's also, oh, sorry, the host and founder of the Single Parent <laughs> <laughs> Summit and soon to be podcaster. Um, Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Eric. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And uh, man, let me tell you that opening story that you shared just now, I felt like I was exactly back in that that moment mm. again. Um, so yeah, wow. Thank you for that moment already. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about you in terms of, you know, how when you when you talked about launching that single parent summit last year, um, it really struck a chord with me as well, because I, it was again, I wish I had those resources when I was going through that time. In 2007, uh, was just a very tumultuous year all around. Um, you know, when you're closing the door to one, <laughs> one chapter of your life, then, then another door is opening. Um, and it felt like I didn't have many doors to choose from. Yeah. in terms of what was next. So I'd love to, for you to kind of tell us your story and then tell us a little bit about why the Single Parent Summit was so important to you in, in launching that last year. 
Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's so funny to me because I think that we were on very similar uh, paths in terms of our timeline. Mm. Uh, my uh, kid's dad and I had actually separated uh, Thanksgiving of 2007. And then um, it was, I think the spring, actually I know for a fact it was April of 2008 that the divorce was actually finalized. Mm. And somewhere in between those two dates, I remember standing, at least I started standing, um, in our master bathroom because I had just repainted it black. And it was so cool because it was this gorgeous black bathroom with this great, you know, sunk in garden tub type of a thing. It was all black and white. And it was just this piece of, it was something that I created. It was, it was something that I invested in, in our home. And there was a moment that happened there that was a complete grieving of the marriage of my hopes and my dreams related to it. Um, you know, really everything that, that came about in that entire world. Um, and that was, that was not an easy moment. Um, and the reason why I say standing, you know, started standing was, um, it, it wasn't long (laughs) before I was literally on my hands and knees sobbing Mm -hmm. with every fiber of my being. Um, and I think too, the idea of being the one to make the decision that the marriage is no longer what this needs to be. Mm-hmm. There's so much guilt that goes along with that. Right. Um, and then especially you've got young children on top of it and right. there's so many moving pieces to it. So I think that that makes it uh, all the more complicated. It's not, it's not any harder than anyone else. Um, you know, it's not, not any easier either. Right. Uh, but I think that each, each person that's involved, whether it's, either one of the spouses or the kids that we all have our own individual journey that comes as a result of these experiences. Yes, no, I agree. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. And I agree. And it's so funny. Uh, and I, I say this loosely too. Um, one of my very first episodes is with a gentleman named Traver Bohm and Traver also went through a divorce and he also had one of those moments where he broke down in the bathroom. I don't know what it is about the bathroom and us breaking <laughs> down, <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs> it, it, but maybe it's just that maybe it echoes, maybe it's the resonance. I don't know, but it's, it's, a, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, um, no, I do appreciate you sharing that story, uh, because you find yourself at a crossroads, like you said, and you know, what, what is next? You know, what is next? And, and I think for anybody that is going through a divorce or has been through a divorce who is a single parent, there's times when you are, wondering either what's next and and how do I how do I do this right you know how do I do this because you know you're you're taking what a uh, what once was a true mutual uh team you know between you and your ex uh and now you're now you're doing this a lot of this alone right and absolutely you're, you're not alone which is the good thing and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, Tanya, is because, you know, in this day and age when we're going through something really difficult, uh, you know, when I go went through the loss of Zoe, there was a, and there's other people that go through loss of loved ones, too. They find out they or they think that they're alone and they find that they that that it, you know, nobody really cares about this. No one wants to help me. Um, I don't know what to do next as well. Uh, yeah. It's the same type of mindset. And, and I think there's a way through that. I think there's a way that we can help people kind of navigate their way through uh, some of the biggest challenges that they have in life. It doesn't matter if it is a loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and for kids, I think the kids have a really difficult time with 
losing this marriage of their mom and dad, you know, because it's now a new normal that they have to deal with. It's not exactly. just mom and dad in the same house. It's now mom's house. It's now dad's house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not even the case. Sometimes the, the another parent isn't around. Um, and that can be really difficult. So, you know, on top of us as parents trying to maintain our own, uh, standing up and and stay standing, you know, (laughs) through our own emotional, uh, roller coaster, we also have to take into account the kids absolutely, and and what that means. So, uh, you have kids yourself, right, Tanya? And and, I do, and I do indeed. My son is uh, 16 going on 17 this fall and my daughter will be 16 in January. Wow. That's good. And, and so that, you know, that's many years ago for them. That's when they were probably nine, eight, nine years old. Yeah, actually they were, um, they were four and five when we separated and okay. five and six when, uh, you know, the, the year immediately after. So, um, I love what you said earlier about the idea of feeling so isolated because mm-hmm. I think another aspect that comes by way of, of losing a marriage is that you've gone from being an entity that is bigger than yourself to now feeling very solo, very isolated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I had heard uh, throughout this, this time period was the idea of, well, now you're really going to find out who your true friends are. Right. And it was a bit of a cynicism that comes along with that statement. And yet at the same time, sure enough, it played out. Um, just in that idea of, you know, now going from the where everything, literally everything in the world seems to be coupled off mm-hmm. to then all of a sudden being that odd person out, um, you know, how does that change the dynamic, whether that's, you know, at work or if that's at church or even school? I remember, oh, my goodness, I remember the first school event that I went to mm. that, you know, I'm sitting in the auditorium and I am the only person or it feels like anyway, I'm sure I wasn't, but boy, did it look like it, yeah. that I'm the only person in the room that doesn't have their spouse with them. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those different things. We live in a world that uh, has much more in common than I think that we tend to to see on surface levels. So sometimes we just have to look harder, right. but it's about being able to to find those deeper elements and to experience those deeper truths rather than just assume, no, it really is just me and, and I'm isolated and it's all on my shoulders now. Right. No, that's very true. We have those moments when, uh, you know, isolation feels overwhelming. And um, I remember back in, in that time frame, um, I experienced a, a deep depression and I had never been uh, in a depression like that. Uh, you know, I think there's moments in life when that come at us and and there's a tendency if we don't know what to do, we feel like we're stuck. But man, I I built this nice, I built this nice pit to kind of go down into. Mm-hmm. And and the term that I like to use, and I've heard it before, I'm I'm not coming up with this, but it's that I was comfortably uncomfortable in right. there. And and it was there for so long. And it it really took uh, getting back to who I was as a person, going through many years of therapy. Uh, you know, getting myself out there again to date, um, finding new uh, experiences to take part in, making sure that I was there for the girls as much Mm -hmm. as possible. Um, And up to until, you know, I lost Zoe four years ago, same thing, you know, it was just that same, it was that same process of, 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 you know, doing as much as I can to be the best dad for them uh, in this situation. And so when, you know, you and I met last year, 
uh, I'd love to try to talk a little bit more about this single parent summit because I just feel like it's such a huge resource for people uh, that are experiencing either they've been a single parent for a long time or maybe they're going through this right now and they need some resources to help them through this. Uh, you know, if, look, even if you have been divorced for a while, you need help through certain topics, you know, certain things that come up. You know, um, maybe you have a child that is, um, you know, really having a difficult time with this and, uh, you know, they're acting out or they're looking, they're crying out for help in a, in a way that's kind of destructive or self-destructive or whatever it may be, um, right. you know, and, or maybe you as the parent are just like, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just blah, you know, I, that's the best way I can describe it. You're just blah, you know, you don't. I would you, completely agree yeah. with that. That's <laughs> the term. That I, can I hashtag that? I, don't... I think so. I'm not sure how we're going to spell it, but once we figure out how to spell it, we can totally hashtag that. <laughs> that's like, how many used does it have in blah? But, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that there's that, you know, that, uh, that aspect of it that, um, you know, and when, when I heard that there were going to be 40, plus speakers at this first single parent summit. Uh, I was first of all, deeply honored that you asked me to be a part of this, um, from a resilience perspective and, uh, um, but more so, you know, just the resources that were going to be available. And I'd love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about what that summit is all about and some of the other topics that, cause I've only, I, I scratched maybe two. I'd love to have you <laughs> say a little bit more about what other topics that were included in this summit, just as resources for people. Sure. Absolutely. So th first of all, thank you um, for just sharing your perspective on it. Uh, it was definitely uh, quite the undertaking and a labor of love. That is for sure. Um, and really, I think what, what a big piece of it was, you mentioned at the very beginning, just that idea of knowing resources are available. And when you're deep in it, sometimes all you can do is to make it through the day and then be able to pause and be mm. like, okay, I can, I've done all that I can do right now. Now I can sleep. Right. And that when you're in it, that really is enough. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to, to have some perspective, uh, really one of the big reasons why the summit came to exist is because I wanted to create something that I would have jumped through hoops for in order to be able to get my hands on 10 years ago mm. when it was me in that moment. Um, and here we go with the bathroom stories again, um, because for me, uh, I got to the point, I'll give you the nutshell version here. I, just after the kid's dad and I had divorced, um, I bought a little mobile home that was um, supposed to be really close to where my kids were going to their, their school. However, the school changed the district on me and they mm. ended up having to take a bus 25 minutes further away. I wasn't very happy about that. Um, but anyway, here I am in this little mobile home and I'm working in the same corporate event planning position, but my corporate job doesn't provide health insurance. Mm. So I'm also working 20 hours a week at Starbucks in order to get health insurance coverage. So my day-to-day -day average runs from getting up at 3.45 in the morning, uh, thanking my mom once again as she's half asleep that she is there to get the kids off the mm. bus for me, and kissing them both goodbye, jumping in the car, running over, clocking in, setting up the pastries, doing the morning rush, grabbing my own coffee, going to the bathroom, changing the professional clothes, hitting the corporate job for eight or nine hours, mm -hmm. running to get the kids from the after school program before the fines kick in. You like you get the idea. Yeah. Um. So 
the the way that that ended for me uh, was I was unconscious on the bathroom floor mm. in my little mobile home. Mm. And it, it really became that point of, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, is Plato. And he says, the unexamined life is not worth living. Right. And there was something in that for me that I think I, I was putting off. I was avoiding truly examining my life because what I would find is that not only was I still wrestling with the guilt and the, um, the frustration and the what now, you know, what have I done? Um, mm. But also at the same time, not what have I done in the sense of I regret this decision, right? but what have I done and now what do I do? I guess is a more mm-hmm. accurate way to mm-hmm. say that. Um, all of that is happening at the same time that I have to pay for the roof over our heads and have to get the kids through, you know, their stuff and Mm -hmm. be present for them and the best mom that I can be for them when I am completely falling apart. Right. So my body simply gave out. Uh, it was, is that what happened? Did you, did you pass out? Did you, I did. Was it Um, exhaustion? Yep. It was, it was exhaustion. It was, um, what was it? Vasovagar syncope, if I remember correctly as the technical term. Okay. Nutshell version is that my heart was producing so much adrenaline that my body couldn't keep up with it. Wow. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just kind of like my body saying, uncle, we, mm. we give, we need to rest. You need to, mm. to pull, pull yourself together, not in the sense of, um, you know, that I was flailing, but, and I was, um, but I think more just this idea of I needed to truly rest instead of trying to fix everything myself. Mm. And that is still, that's still a lesson of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we talk about one of the things to circle back to your second question about the single parent summit. uh, Some of the different things that we talk about, one of the very consistent things that you will see throughout everything that we do is we talk a lot about self-care. Yes. And the reason for that is because if we are not taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. then we've got nothing left to give exactly. anyone else, whether right. that's our kids or anyone else that we would be of mm-hmm. service to. Mm-hmm. And you know, how many times have we all heard the analogy of like, go on the airplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help right. the person next to you. Right. Like we can all save the thing from the airport. Right? right. But at the same time, do we live it? Yeah. And I think that that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we talk about on a regular basis to normalize how incredibly important self-care truly is. And that in essence, it's really, you know, people, you you kind of get the idea that uh, self-care is selfish. Mm. And I would, I would say a hundred percent the opposite Mm -hmm. that self-care is actually one of the most selfless things that you can do because it puts you in a position to be able to give and to be able to support others. I, I agree. And, you know, you were talking a little bit about, you know, the routine of getting up, getting the kids ready, getting yourself ready, going to work. And and I remember asking my therapist, like, what am I going to do? And that was, I, that was the first question I had for her in one of my se- sessions. Like, what am I going to do? She said, well, you're going to get up in the morning. You're going to get dressed. Uh-huh. You're going to go to work. You're going to come home. You're going to fix dinner. You're going to, you know, watch TV or do whatever it is you're going to do at night, work out, whatever it needs to be, and then go to bed. But you're going to, you're going to, you have to kind of, you have to keep moving forward. Absolutely. And, and to me, work was like that healthy distraction. It was needed, of course, for income purposes, but it was also a way to get out of the house. It was a way to get out of my head. Movement was so key back then, and it's something that I'm still learning to this day myself um, And uh, about movement. You know, whenever I get stuck, if I get inside of my head, I'm not in my heart. <laughs> if I'm not in my heart, I'm not connected to myself or taking care of myself. Right. So I think for you, like, you know, the same thing, you, you know, if we don't take care of ourselves, and this is something that that um, 
is so it's I love these these parallels between becoming a single parent or living the single parent life, going through a divorce and and losing a loved one because there's a lot of similar loss is loss and and there's a lot of similar ways you can you can take care of yourself and you have to take care of yourself and and you have to protect your energy that's such a huge Absolutely. thing as well and and if you've got people around you well you know you you're you I'm so glad you left that jerk or you know that person was no good for you and you know you should be getting rid you should be taking them to court you all these things kind of come in at you as well and it, that doesn't let you take care of yourself. That's not really protecting your energy. No, it and, doesn't. And and I think the catch 22 that is that there are so many people who are fueling that flame mm-hmm. who think that they are protecting you. Like they're coming right. from a place of wanting to care for you and wanting to, you know, rally behind you. But unless they happen to be coming from a place of, of, I hate to say it, but enlightenment, mm-hmm. uh, but you know what I mean? Like unless they can detach enough from the outcome and from the scenario to truly step back and to let their own emotions fall to the wayside and to, to look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. sometimes they can actually be much more counterproductive and, and counterintuitive to the type of environment that would provide any sort of healing mm-hmm. or any sort of stabilizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we are, we got the sum of the five people that we hang around the most. And I, you mentioned it earlier, you know, you really find out who your friends really are. And, mm-hmm. and look, that, those five people, you're always going to, those are going to be evolving. It's not going to be the same five people two years from now or even six months from now. It could be, but typically, and, and it's not that you're using these people either. You're connecting with people that are, that support you uh, unconditionally. Mm-hmm. They're Absolutely. not looking to tear you down. They're not looking to make judgments on you. Um, they're actually there for support. They're there to hold space for you. And and there is a difference between being a beacon and holding space. When you're a beacon, you're a guide for somebody. You know, mm-hmm. you show them the way, you go the way, and and you you go the, uh, you walk the way. But um, when you're when you hold space for somebody, you walk alongside with them with support or for mm-hmm. support and. Based on your own experiences uh, in the same realm, uh, you 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 don't walk it for them; you walk it with them. And I think I just repeated myself there, but <laughs> but, you, but you get the <laughs> no, idea, but right? You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, you mentioned the idea that these these may not be the same people that you have from year to year, mm-hmm. or you know, every now and then that that's going to change. I would even go a step further, and I I have a, a philosophy that I refer to uh, when I'm teaching and coaching called mm-hmm. the advisory board of your life. And my question would even be, uh, when was the last time you evaluated? Mm-hmm. who is on your advisory board right. and have the same five people and they've been the same five people for the past five years and mm-hmm. none of you have made any changes or any transformations or grown towards your goals. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to start asking some questions. Who right. are you listening to? And, you know, I think sometimes they, we also listen to people that we don't realize we're listening to. It's mm-hmm. literally the lyrics of the songs you know, what are you choosing to sing along to? Because if you're adding your creative energy by singing it along, you're inviting all of the same things in the song. Right. You know, like, and again, like I'm taking that to an extreme level, but you know, each of these pieces are all part of how we create the world in which we live right. and the, the reality that we are creating. Mm. So if you do so in such a way that is, um, 
you know, just kind of, well, this is the way it's always been, or, well, she's my cousin, or, you know, it's my neighbor or right. whatever. We become comfortable and complacent mm-hmm. in those relationships. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder then that we don't see the kind of changes that we really want to take place. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I think when it comes to growth, um, it's up to us. Um, you know, resources, I think, come to us when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And, um, but I think when you're taking a look at those relationships that you do have with people, and I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you just cut off relationships because they're not your top five. These are right. just the people that you hang around with the most. But it's, it's when you're going through those difficult times in life, those challenges, those struggles, uh, connecting with those five people. And it's not, a, look, this isn't a situation where you're dumping all your stuff on them. Right. You are, you're, you're taking care of yourself, which then gives you, like you said, the energy to take care of other people around you and even them. It becomes a, a, a subject of, uh, and a, uh, not a subject. It becomes, um, uh, there's reciprocity there. That's Absolutely. what I'm trying to say. Right. So Absolutely. you're, you're, you're giving and taking and there's, uh, a connection there that really is going to make a difference. And, and I think that when, you find those five people in your life, um, you start to shift away from the guilt. You start to shift away from the, 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 the directionless and the hopelessness and all of these other um, areas that were kind of keeping you stuck yeah, in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'd love to swing back around still and talk a little bit more about the summit itself and, and some of the topics that were covered in the, the, the summit that you, uh, that you put on last year in July sure. of last year. Um, I know there was, you know, resilience. I know there's relationship, uh, stuff, but tell me a little bit more about some of the other topics that were covered in this summit because again, there was just a, a plethora of resources that were there for people. And, and, uh, yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go, um, not only one step further, but two steps further. Uh, love to tell you a little bit more about how we're defining a single parent, because mm. I think that that's something that yes. is a little bit unique in this market as yes. well. Um, and then two is that we have our next summit coming up for 2018, um, July 18th through the 22nd. Awesome. So happy to tell you about what we did last year, but I'll also tell you about what we've got coming up. Please. Yes. Um, awesome. So, so first of all, the idea of single parent, I mean, clearly I think the, the most, um, how would I say this? The strongest, uh, indicator <laughs> of being a single parent tends to be divorce. Yeah. I think that's the thing that people most quickly identify with a single parent is, oh, there must've been a divorce. Right. Um, however, that's only one avenue in mm-hmm. to this world of being a single parent. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, the, the, members who have chosen to start a family on their own without mm-hmm. being partnered, which I think is an incredibly brave thing to do. Right. Um, so you have, you know, that, that category of single parent by choice, you have divorce and you have death. Mm-hmm. We do um, quite a lot of work in uh, grief work, not only for the members who have lost their partners, but again, as we've mentioned earlier, grieving a marriage, if that's how you're coming right. into the being a single parent. Uh, we also talk about um, our military families. Right. And those are they're kind of you know the road warrior warriors, if you will. Like either one of the partners is uh, traveling quite a bit, or um, honestly is emotionally unavailable and just like not invested in being a parent. That really puts a lot of pressure and responsibility on the primary parent who is 
cognizant and who is plugged in. Um, and then finally, the last category, one of the speakers I'm really excited about this coming year, um, she adopted her sister after their parents passed away mm. and, um, you know, made a, a complete life change to, to parent her sister mm. uh, you know, through high school and college and, you know, and all of these types of things. So I think all Can of that I swing back around on something real quick? So, yeah, of course. So, and if I miss this, forgive me. So you were talking about, you know, the military families that, you know, have uh, parents that are deployed, sometimes several uh, tours, you know, yeah. that, that they're, they're gone for six months or, or a year at a time and they're back for a short period of time, but then they have to go again just based on their role in the military. And then separately, there are parents that just aren't invested in the, in their, in the, they're raising their kids, right? So they weren't one in the same. That is absolutely, thank you okay. so much for that distinction. Absolutely. Um, and because I think that there's even another layer to that, you know, absent parent, if you will. First of all, thank you for correcting that. I consider the military deployment families mm. to be a separate entity. And then we have the the next category, if you will, is the the unavailable parent. Right. Whether that's because they're working or because they're just right. checked out. And and honestly, another category to that is if they're incarcerated. True. And right. Only, you know, access to their kids is mm-hmm. on visitation days. Like right. How much of a parent can you be in that? I think is some of the mentality that mm-hmm. we go through. But really, there is so much more that we can do yeah. to bring that family into unity and to help support the family or, you know, the parent who is, uh, you know, quote, on the outside, so to speak. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying, you know, what a single parent truly is. Um, and I know you and I started off the conversation as divorced <laughs> parents. <Right. laughs> so uh, thank you. That's a huge, that is a huge distinction to kind of see what, you know, and there's probably other categories too that would define, uh, you know, a single parent, but those are probably the major, major ones. So go ahead, please. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that what's so interesting about what we're creating with the single parent summit is you can find a plethora of information out on parenting in so many different categories. But rarely is it ever from a point of view that is specific to the idea that you are identifying as a single parent, Mm. whether like whatever your logistics look like, that's what you're identifying as. And therefore you have a different mentality. You have a different set of circumstances. You have a different logistical schedule that all needs to be taken into consideration when you're talking about implementing whatever information it is. So, you know, you can read all the blogs that'll tell you all these great, you know, Pinterest ideas or whatever, but if you don't have the time, the money or the energy as a dual parented family, Mm -hmm. it's going to change everything about that experience for Mm -hmm. you. So that's one of the things that is really important to me with the single parent summit is that whether our speakers are coming in as single parents themselves, Mm. we have adult children uh, from adult children of divorce Mm. talk about their experiences. That's great. We have, um, we have parents, we have singles, not necessarily both, you know, the same, like it's, again, it's important to me that we have kind of this village perspective Mm -hmm. because I firmly believe that we can learn from anywhere and everywhere that we're willing to learn from. It doesn't have to look just like us in order to learn. Right. Um, So that was important to me as well. So, so yeah, just a lot of, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different voices, Mm -hmm. all with the idea of how can we support the single parent to be the most highest, best version of themselves, because Mm. really at the end of the day, I'm all about the single parents. That's great. What I'm really after Mm -hmm. 
is the kind of change that is the ripple effect. Because if we can impact the life of a single parent, we're making a dramatic and uh, noticeable difference on their kids. Yes. So at this point, we're talking about an entire generation. And right. that's that's what really gets me fired up about this project. Yeah, no, I love that, Tanya, because that is something that is so much bigger than than you. Absolutely. And that's true leadership. So thank you for taking mm-hmm. that on because I know it's not easy. And, uh, you know, for putting all this together, um, you know, when we're inside of our own heads, we have the tendency to not really think outside of the box because we're just thinking about ourselves. And, and yes, when you're trying to stand back up, you're trying to figure things out, uh, you know, resources, may, unless they're just right in front of you, you may not reach out for them. But I'd love, um, you know, th- I'd love to have you on again after the the single parent summit and uh, to talk a little bit more about, you know, what the experience was this year. Uh, before we finish up, though, just one question. What's one thing that you would tell a, a single parent right now? Again, doesn't matter what what makes them a single parent, but um, what's one thing you would tell a single parent right now if they are just becoming a single mm-hmm. parent? You know, in terms of, of, you know, what's, what's, how can we help them uh, navigate this new world? Yeah, that is such a good question. Um, and my first, my first gut response is to breathe, mm. to simply breathe and be in the moment. Because I think that there's so much pain in that process, or at least I should say there could be. Mm -hmm. a lot of pain in that process. And we tend to want the fastest way out of pain. You know, everything about our society is about minimizing pain. Right. Um, And, and, you know, for good reason, we don't like that. It's uncomfortable. Um, But at the same time, I think that there is, that's where we have a certain breakdown that's happening of what we thought was true or what we believed in, or what we drew our source from. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we can let go of those things, yeah. there is a there is a purification process that happens, which mm-hmm. it sounds a little bit woo-woo, so stick with me for a second here. <laughs> <laughs> idea of, you know, when we can truly, we talked earlier about the idea of coming back to ourselves. When we can let go of the things that aren't serving us any longer, mm-hmm. when we can let go of the titles of the expectations for what we thought our life was going to look like, right. then we have a chance to connect with ourselves on a deeper level. Yep. That's why I'm saying to breathe, yeah. breathe into that, mm-hmm. breathe in the entire experience, breathe out all of the stress and the exhaustion, because really this moment is all that matters. Yeah know that we are here for you know that we have resources for you, but right here, right now, breathe and know that you're not alone and everything will truly be okay. And we can help you see how that's possible. But right now, all you have to do is breathe. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's a great, a great starting point for somebody who is just going through this. And it's also a great ending point for this podcast. (laughs) So Tanya, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, what is the best way for people to reach out to you uh, and or the Single Parent Summit to get more information on that? Um, two ways to make it super easy and convenient. One is Facebook. Our free Facebook group is uh, just at facebook.com backslash the Single Parent Summit. 
And then the event page itself is the singleparentsummit.com. Mm. Um, so they are both uh, just as simple as we could make it to be able to get everybody plugged in and, um, and get a part of things. And for everybody who is a member of our Facebook group before Father's Day, there is something special we have in the works for that um, coming up soon. So if it's something that might be applicable, definitely recommend joining sooner rather than later. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure that this information (laughs) is in the show notes. Tanya, thank you again so much for being on today. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again. That sounds great, Eric. Thank you so much for all of this and for being a part of what we're creating. You're welcome. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Get Up Bait podcast. My name is Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to go to erichodgson.com, where you can find great free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, be sure to check out my upcoming event in Boston this June, Get Up Bait Live. And don't forget to pick up your copy of A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention. 